0: Luke chapter number two, as we look at a, an old and familiar Christmas story, but I want to put a little twist to it today. As usual, Luke chapter two, we're going to the manger today, and I want to bring you a message from this very chapter entitled, A Way in a Manger. Aren't you glad that a way was made in a manger? Amen. Aren't you glad that the way, not only was a way made in a manger, but the way was laid in a manger? I'm glad this morning that I know the way. Luke chapter 2, let's read about 10 or 12 verses. Here we go. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. It all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. It all went to be taxed, all, everyone into his own city. I already read that. I'm repeating myself, aren't I? And Joseph also went up out of Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, and Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the house and lineage of David the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not: for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, which is Christ the Lord. Watch this, and ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, and lying in a manger. I'm glad this morning that a way was made in a manger over 2,000 years ago. A way for us to be forgiven. A way for us to go to heaven. A way that we might be led in life to make the right decisions. A way, praise God, for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. Thank you for the reading of your word now, Lord. We need to hear from heaven And Lord, you're here with us. Your spirit's here. It's already here. Lord, I praise you for that. And Lord, that's what Christmas is all about, that Jesus is here. It's not some cut and dried service. It's not just some ceremony. This is not just some rite. But your presence is with us and among us. And I praise you for that. And I pray, Lord, if there be one here lost, that they'd feel that presence, know that presence. And today they'd receive you as their Savior. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In all of Scripture, there's only three times that the manger was mentioned. All three times are found here in Luke chapter number two. The Bible says here in verse 2 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. What is a manger? A manger is just a simple feeding trough. For cattle, It is a place for hay, for corn, for fodder. If you know anything about a stable, if you go into my stable where I've got sheep and cattle, you're going to find there's a lot of muck in there. I'm not going to go into details. I'm trying to be nice for Christmas. But there's a lot of muck in there, and if you just throw hay in there, it's going to get trampled in the muck. So what you do is you build a manger which holds the hay up off of the ground. Now that's the kind of situation here that Mary and Joseph were facing. So the manger was just a makeshift cradle. The stable was a makeshift maternity ward and Joseph, bless his heart, was a makeshift pater- maternity doctor. Amen. How'd you like to have Joseph for your obstetrician? (laughs) So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this. You think about the mean way that our Savior was born. You think about the humble way that Jesus Christ came to this earth. You say, what did Mary and Joseph do? They did just exactly what I preached about three or four weeks ago. They did their best and trusted God for the rest. They just did the best they could do with their situation and trusted God for everything else. Yet as as this baby was delivered, as this baby was laid in a manger, as they were just trusting God, wondering what was going on in their situation, little did they know that there were some angels singing out on the hillside, praise God. Little did they know, oh, as they were just doing the best they could do in their circumstances that there were some wise men, praise God, there was some wise men on their way with gifts for the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, boy, they, they had no clue. Listen to me carefully. They had no clue. There was a star over their head. Uh, oh, they were just, uh, just imagining Joseph saying, Mary, what are we going to do? We're being taxed. Uh, I mean, we've got a tyrant on the throne. We, we're being taxed. We're being tested. This situation's terrible, Mary. We're just going to have to do the best. I'm sorry, but we're just going to have to do the best we could do. And all the while, some angels were singing, and somebody was heading their way. There were lonely and there were some shepherds coming their way. They were poor and destitute and being taxed, but there were some wise men on the way with some gifts for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something, church. This Christmas may be a time for you of testing. This Christmas may be a time of trouble. This Christmas may be a time when you're taxed and when you're facing tyrants, but I'm going to tell you, friend, in all of that, there's still a throne, amen, In all of that, there's still a God on that throne who sees where you are in your situation, who knows what you're facing. And I'm going to tell you something, friend, if you'll just hang on to God, if you'll hang on to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, hey, he'll send you what you need. Amen. Amen. Glory. Praise God. As they trusted God, He did more for them than they could have ever imagined. He, did, he provided more than they could have ever dreamed. They were feeling alone, and God sent them a whole herd of shepherds. Amen. They were feeling poor, and God sent them some wise men with some gifts. Oh, if, listen, if God, you say, Preacher, I don't understand why I'm in the situation I'm in this Christmas. Boy, I could tell you some. I could tell you some heartbreaking stories for Christmas, but I don't have time. You say, preacher, I don't understand. Let me just break in on you right here. If God entrusted the best he had, Mary and Joseph were the. T- I'm convinced were the two most purest young people that God could find. Somebody say Amen. And if God tested the most pure in heart young people that he could find, why wouldn't God test me? Why wouldn't I have to face sometimes the Christmas hard times? Uh, But listen to me, Mary and Joseph were going to find their breakthrough. Tyrant on the throne, tax tested, situation was terrible, but praise God there was still a throne. You you know why that God blessed them? Let me just break in on you something right here. Praise God the reason that God broke in on them was because they put Jesus in his rightful place. I'm going to tell you something, church, this morning, if you'll put Jesus in his rightful place, you say, preacher, I don't have much. Well, they didn't have much. You say, preacher, I don't have a lot of skill and a lot of talent. Well, I don't see Mary singing any songs and Joseph making a lot of money. They just did the best for Jesus that they could do. Church, I wish you'd get this in your brain, in your heart. If you'll just do the best for Jesus that you can do, you'll be given credit in heaven, and God will move on your behalf beyond your wildest imaginations. I promise you, on the authority of the word of God. You say, well, it was poor. It was not sufficient. Well, it was sufficient. Amen. Amen. You say it was meager what they did for Jesus. Well, it was enough. Amen. It was all they could do. It was all God expected them to do. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus this Christmas? I don't care if you don't have any money in the bank. I don't care if you don't have any skills. I don't care if you don't have any talents. What will you do with Jesus if you'll put him in his rightful place? Amen. You know what? Don't be like the innkeeper. The innkeeper said, I don't have room for him. Herod said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to tax them people. Send out the tax collectors. Hey, we need more money. All they were f- The innkeeper was focused on the crowds and his finances. Herod was focused on the pallet and his finances. The tax collectors were focused on what they could get and turn in and that, and, and rob out of that and embezzle. Hey, And here comes Mary and Joseph down the street. And they're just worried about what they're going to do with Jesus. But you know what? You know who was honored in that? Mary and Joseph was honored for what they did for God himself. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, friend. God help us to be like Mary and Joseph this Christmas and not like Herod. Amen. God help us to be like the shepherds this Christmas and not like the innkeeper. God help us this morning to be like the wise men instead of the tax collectors. These people put Jesus in the center of their life, Mary and Joseph. And they found out that by him all things consist. All things are held together. You know why many people's lives are coming apart this morning? Because Jesus is not in the center of it. You know why there's homes coming apart this morning? Because Jesus is not in the center of it. You know why nations, listen to me, nations are coming apart today because Jesus is not in the center of it. But Mary and Joseph... Put Jesus in the center and it all came together. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you'll put Him in the center, watch it all come together. Amen. Somebody else say, I don't need Jesus. Well, the Bible says that all things by Him consist. That means they're all held together. From atoms, A-T-O-M-S, to atoms, A-D-A-M-S, everything is held together. Did you know the trees realize that he holds all things together? Did you realize the fish in Gross's Creek hold, n- n- know that he holds all things together? Did you realize that your DNA realizes all, that by him all things are held together? And yet man in his own foolishness says, I don't need. Jesus, wow. Who is this baby that was born over 2,000 years ago, laid in a manger? He didn't just change the calendar from uh, B.C. to A.D. He didn't just change December into a winter's holiday, amen. He didn't just change, listen, I'll tell you what he changed. He changed the hearts of men, He changed the world. I can safely say that of all the armies, the kingdoms, the the wars that have been fought, the names that have risen in history, Jesus Christ has changed more than any other person in the annals of history. That's who he is. He changed more than presidents, kings, rulers of the world. I think of Alexander the Great. That He made a great after his name. I think of Genghis Khan. I think of Napoleon. But let me tell you something about those fellas. Their names are history. Jesus' name is not history. It's a lie. And it lives forevermore. I'm not trusting a dead name. I'm not following a dead religion from history. I'm serving a living God who's coming again. Praise Amen. God. Praise God. Oh my goodness, this name stands out. This name stands out. Jesus laid in a manger as the only name given among men under heaven whereby you must be saved. If you get in, you'll have to get in by the name of Jesus. No crib for a bed, but oh there's a wonderful name and the angels told the shepherds that first Christmas and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Jesus Christ did not say I'm pointing the way. He said I am the way. He, He didn't say I'm preaching truth. He said I am the truth. He didn't say, I'm going to show you how to live. He said, I'm the life. If you find life this morning, you'll find life in Christ. If you find light, you'll find light in Christ. If you need life and light this Christmas, you'll find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. You don't just follow Jesus. We don't just believe Jesus. We receive him. The Bible says, but to as many as received him... To them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I'm glad I have light. Adrian Rogers said this, and it struck me for some reason. It may not strike you. He said, which is worse, a child that is afraid of the dark or a man that is afraid of the light? You know why people are afraid of the light? Because the light brings truth. And the light illuminates our sin. The light illuminates who we are. And we are so afraid and so ashamed. I'm going to tell you something. If you'll come to the light and let him illuminate you, and you'll get down and repent of your sins, trust him as your Savior, you can have that light dwelling inside of you. Praise God. What a wonderful thing to happen this Christmas. So if you don't know the Christ of Christmas, I'd like to say unto you, as the angels said to the shepherd, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Not just the Jew... Not just the Arabs, not just the Middle East or China or America, that which shall be to all people. I want to tell you something, dear friend. This Jesus is so great. Uh, he grew the wood that made his cradle. He grew the wood that formed his cross. The creator was laid in a cradle. Before he was in the manger, he was in the majesty of heaven. Before he was in the womb of Mary, he was in the wonders of magnificence. Jesus was God before he came to earth. He was God when he was laid in a manger. He was God when he was nailed to the cross. He was God when he ascended back through the clouds and he'll be God when he comes again. King of kings, and the Lord of Lords, praise Amen. God. I don't know about y'all, but I got chill bumps. Some of y'all look like you need a few chill bumps. <laughs> hey, by him all things consist. They're held together. One little boy was just five years old, and he got sunburnt, and he began to peel, and he said, Lord have mercy, I'm only five years old, and I'm coming apart. Hey, your life can be put back together. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.10, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. Amen. Amen. Those little feet that dangled out of the manger and in that hay, those little feet will one day, Sit down on the Mount of Olives, and it'll split, the Bible says, in half, and this earth is going to quake because of those little feet that dangled in a manger. Those little hands that reached up to Mary are one day going to come out of heaven with a sword. And he's going to rip open the veil that lies between us and the spiritual realm. And he's coming back to this world with the hosts of heaven. Tens of thousands of his saints. Praise God. Those little hands are going to be seen again. Amen. Amen. That little boy that was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Grew to be a man and was died on a cross and was wrapped in grave clothes. But one day he'll be clothed, the Bible says, in a vesture that's dipped in blood. And it'll say, it'll say on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm going to tell you something, church. It'll do you good this morning to just give him glory as King of Kings and Lord of Lords today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till this afternoon. Don't wait till you get home. Give him some glory. He deserves our glory. He deserves our honor. He deserves our praise. Give him some praise, praise God. He's worthy king of kings. Don't wait till it's written on his side. It's already written on his throne. King of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible says he was God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 8 says this. Under the sun he saith thy throne O God is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. And the Bible says and of his kingdom there shall be no end. America's heading for an end. China's heading for an end. Russia's heading for an end. But there's a kingdom that's coming that'll have no end. The president won't be changed, the Congress won't have to vote. There'll be a king on that throne who will establish righteousness. Praise God. I'm glad I won't have to go to the voting booth and make up my mind. It'll be King Jesus. Praise God. The Bible says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth he unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old and from everlasting. I like old Handel's Messiah that says, and he shall reign forever and ever. Praise God. Give him glory in the house of God. That same Jesus is from everlasting to everlasting, amen. One day in history, he had to stand before Pilate, and Pilate judged him. But one day in the future, Pilate will stand before Jesus and be judged. Let me just break in on you right here, dear friend. One day, every one of us will stand before Jesus Christ and be judged. And the reason this world at Christmas time, they love the baby in the manger. You know why? The baby in the manger poses no threat. The baby in the manger doesn't look like a judge. The baby in the manger doesn't convict us of our sins. But I'm going to tell you something. He's no longer a baby in a manger. He's king of kings and lord of lords, and you and I are going to face him one day. See, people like him in a manger, but they don't want him on the cross. They like him in a manger, but they don't want him seated on the throne. They like him in a manger, but they don't want him as a coming king. They like him in a manger, but they don't want him as a judge. Hey, let me tell you something, friend. I can't wait to see his face. I don't care what position he's in. Why is that, preacher? Because he lives in my heart. Amen. The manger would represent a place where a man would come from heaven, die for our sin, rise from the dead, swear a promise that he's coming again. Let me give you four things quickly, eight things quickly. To explain Jesus Christ is impossible. To ignore him is disastrous. To deny him is foolishness. To reject him is absolutely and eternally fatal. Yet, to believe on him is pleasing unto God. To receive him is salvation. To love him is the purpose of life. And to look for him gives us hope. Amen. Amen. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Amen. And the word, the word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise God. I'm glad the word was made flesh and laid in a manger. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, verse one, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Have you heard the voice of Jesus? I have. You say, preacher, how'd you hear it? Oh, I was sitting in a pew one day, and I heard the voice of Jesus, and the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, George, you're lost. I didn't like that voice to start with. George, you are going to hell without Jesus. I didn't like that voice. Boy, I wanted to run from that voice. That voice got so strong that I'd get in the car. My mom would load me in the car going to church and I'd begin to cry and weep under conviction of the Holy Ghost and say, Momma, I want to be saved. I don't need to go to, I don't want to go to hell. And she'd say, you'll know when the time is right. And I'm like, boy, I hope I do. I don't like this. And then December the 20th, what is the day anyway? 17th. It's close to my spiritual birthday. December the 20th, 1970. I went to church, and there I heard one more time that voice. And I moved toward that voice. Instead of avoiding it, I went toward it. Instead of rejecting it, I received it. And I trusted Christ as my Savior, repented of my sins, and I'm going to tell you something. Praise God. I've known what Christmas is all about ever since. Jesus Christ lives in my heart. The Bible says in times past that the Lord spoke to us by the prophets. You can go to the Old Testament and listen and hear the voice of the prophets, Amos and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah. But I'm going to tell you something, in these last days, his son is speaking from heaven. I'm going to tell you something, his son speaks from heaven to every person who's ever lived. Praise God. He's spoken unto us through his word. The Bible says, when that which is perfect is come, and I'm holding high King James Bible, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part is done away with. Amen. I mean, in the Old Testament, they saw in part. They understood in part. They saw through a glass dimly, but now we see pretty clear. The Word has come. The Word has been made flesh. And man tries to grab on to religion instead of grabbing on to Jesus. Let me just remind you of something. Religion cannot bring you to God, for that's the works of men's hands. Rituals cannot bring you to God, for that's the works of men's minds. Rights cannot bring us to God, for that's the works of men's emotions. But Jesus Christ can bring us to God. The person of Christ. I think of that. Can't help but go back to rituals. Rituals are the, the, the creation of men's emotions. All over America this morning, they're gathering in cathedrals and different places of worship, and they're lighting a few candles, burning a little incense, swinging a few smoking pots, and they think that's salvation. Going to hell without Jesus Christ. Amen, preacher. Let me tell you something, folks. Christmas is about Christ. Salvation is about Christ. Eternity, future, is about Jesus Christ. He's God's prescribed way. God's prescribed. You say preacher. You're preaching Christ. And that's so narrow minded. So narrow minded. Well let me just ask you a question. When you go to the pharmacist. Do you want him to narrow his thoughts down to your prescription? Hey, Amen. I mean do you want him thinking about his farm and what he's going to do when he gets home, or do you want him to narrow his concentration down to what you need and your prescription? <laughs> when you get on an airplane, do you want your pilot on dopes thinking about everything else? Well, he arrested a pilot the other day for being on meth. I'm like, Lord have mercy. He is flying higher than the airplane. <laughs> My goodness. Or do you want your pilot... So narrow-minded that he's focused on flying that plane. Let me tell you something. When it comes to Jesus Christ, mm, God wants us to be open-minded. Somebody say amen. God wants us to be loving and accepting. But when it comes to salvation, you better be so narrow-minded. It's Jesus and Jesus only. Amen. Amen. Oh, listen. The manger... Move the world. The man on the cross has moved the people of the world. Listen, if the cradle can change the world, then Christ can change your life and change it forever. I've seen him do it. I've watched him do it. I'm telling you, if I, if I, if I lost my faith today, all I'd have to do is review what Jesus, what I've seen. Jesus Christ do for people. Right under my ministry. Right here, we don't have to look any farther than Grossest Creek Baptist Church. Amen preacher. You don't have to look any further than your own home to see what Jesus Christ has done for you. Oh yes he lives. I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Thank God that a way was made in a manger. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Is He personal to you, or have you just gone to church and that's what Mom, and Dad believed, and that's what I believe, and it's kind of been our tradition? And is He personal to you? Do you pray to Him and feel His presence? Do you do wrong and you feel his conviction? You say, preacher, how can I know? Well, I'm telling you. (laughs) He's real. And he's real to me. Is he real to you? I'm not talking about a Napoleon, a figure of history. I'm talking about a figure of heart. He lives in my heart. Does he live in yours? There's one here lost. I'm going to ask you to come right now. And give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't go through another Christmas season without knowing the reason for the season. Don't go through another holiday season without knowing Christ. I'm going to ask you to come right now. by your coming, you say, Preacher, I'm coming to trust Christ. Let me tell you something. 50, 60, Lord have mercy, 52 years, 53 years ago, I was right where you are, right where you are, and I thought I was lost, under conviction, knew I needed to make that decision, but I wouldn't go, I was gripping the back of the pew. The conviction got on me so strong. I said, I know I need to make that decision. I know I need to make it right. I know I need to get right with God. I know I need to come to Christ. And if I can just get past that front pew and get all these people behind me, I'll be all right. I stepped out of the pew, and that all went away. I was making a decision. It was the best decision I ever made in my life. The best decision I ever made was to come to Jesus Christ. And boy, I tell you something. I had a wonderful Christmas that year because the manger became real to me. The cradle became real to me. The Christmas story began to illuminate in my heart. Oh, and it's been real ever since. Give you just a minute to come. You're lost. Come, come to Christ. Right. Just make that first step. The Holy Spirit will come with you the rest of the way, I promise you. You'll never know. And we're, by the way, we're not against you. We're for you. We're on your side. We want to see you get saved. Wouldn't you love to know the real meaning of Christmas this holiday season? I'm going to close like this. I've never closed this way before. Maybe you're watching us on Facebook. You're not with us. We have hundreds of people here. You're watching us on Facebook and... Somehow, you, you wanted to go to church this morning, but you didn't. You knew it was the right thing to do. You didn't go. You know it's Christmas time, and everybody goes to Christmas, a church on Christmas, but you didn't. You're just watching on Facebook. I want you to bow down right where you are, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your home, with your cell phone or with your computer, I want you to bow down right there and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I want you to profess Him as King of kings and Lord of lords and ask Him to come into your heart right now. He'll do exactly what He said. And then if you do that, I want you to send me a message on Facebook. Tell me that you trusted Christ as your Savior. Would you do that? We're here to help you. We're here to love you. God bless you.